0: Good morning, and welcome to Thursday morning, May the fifth, in 2022, on When I Rise. Happy Cinco de Mayo out there! Today we're in Year C, fourth Sunday of Easter, and on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And we find ourselves once again back in the Book of Revelation, Revelation chapter seven, verses nine through seventeen. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making this party a morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Revelation chapter seven, verses nine through 17. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of God for us. One of the attributes of the book of Revelation is that it does, in a, an apocalyptic and a cryptic and a, I don't know, in a mysterious way, uh, it does give us a picture into heaven. And uh, what's been uh, the push and pull, the tug of war uh, throughout biblical interpretive history is whether, like, you know, Revelation is you know quite the picture or if it's just uh, a way to stoke our imaginations of what heaven is going to be like. And then when we see these great scenes of there being worship before the throne, do we anticipate that this is what worship is always going to be like, or is it just timely for that moment uh, where John is experiencing it? Um, since heaven is God's space and therefore it's in timelessness, is this you know, a way for us to see what timeless worship looks like, or is it timely? because it does land in the middle of a chronological event of church history, albeit early church history. And it does seem like this one, uh, as there's a a conversation between John and one of the elders, as there's clarification of who are these great multitude, and why are they there, and um, what's going to happen to them while they are there, we do see like there is a consequence for why they are there, and there is a reason why they are there. Um, He says this in verse 14, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them in his presence. And then there's like this: Never again, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not be down on them, and nor any scorching heat. And so he's going to be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and god will wipe away every tear of their eyes now does god need to lead them to springs all the time like continue does he need to wipe away tears all the time is it just for now all that we know is that this group of people they have endured a lot and they've got to the end the completion of a suffering and they're they're being comforted by god and god is leading them to a place of rest But you'll notice who these people are if you go back up to verse. 9. Revelation 7 9 is a rally cry for the modern church. After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne, and the lamb and so churches have imagined like wow heaven is going to be a place where all sorts of different types of people are going to be there now i think the way that which people are arrive at this idea of this great multitude and equal group of people is important i think at times people some of us have not come to grips with what heaven is going to be like i think that when we tell people hey if you trust in jesus you're going to go to heaven like i think there's some images of i'm going to have a house that's impressive it's going to be all alone i'm going to be I'll live forever in enjoyment and bliss and pleasure and like there's going to be no neighbors around <laughs> because for some people that is it's like the the pinnacle of what leisure and pleasure would look like to be alone but that's not what heaven is going to be about at all Heaven is going to be the most radically equal place that you and I could ever envision. And one of my worries is is that people have been enticed by the idea of heaven and trusting in Jesus so they can gain heaven. But like, if they actually get there, they're going to really loathe the place because it's going to not be about them. It's not, not even close. And the types of people who are going to be there are not people just like them, but people who are quite opposite of them. Like, we're all going to have to share space. With the people who are not us, where our um, values aren't always considered as to be the best values out there, um, where like the types of people in our language and maybe even our worship style and um, the things that would please us the most, like those things aren't going to be the governing things that are there. Heaven's going to be a place where God's going to fill. It's going to be God's space. Jesus is going to be exalted there, and all those who are found in Christ are going to be there too all people who trust in Christ are going to be there too. And so I think one of the things that is important for us to grapple with as individual Christians, and then as we begin to like share our beliefs and say, this is where this story is going, there's a new city that's being built and people in God are gonna be able to inhabit there with God for ages upon ages. Like we need to also say, and it's gonna be the most radically equal place could ever imagine would you like to go to a place like that because here's the reality some people may actually not want to be in a place like that for a weekend let alone for ages and ages and ages so one of the appeals that we have as Christians is God's renewing the world he's doing it in and through Christ you and I can be included and we are fitting ourselves for a world that is completely other and different than ours Are you eager for a world like that? If yes, then follow Jesus because He is taking us, He's leading us to a world like that. He is like the shepherd who is leading people to streams of living water, and He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Whether they've gone through profound suffering or relative ease and comfort in this life, we're all going to the same place. And it's a place that we're gonna share together. Perhaps this is why the New Testament is so obsessed with one another passages, like one another commands. Because one of the features of Christian discipleship and growth and transformation is that we're gonna have to learn to get used to not having to have what we want. Learning to have, not to have our way. To learn to cede our space, to give up our spot, to include others, to be aggressive, not just passive, but aggressive about making sure that other people are included in what we feel like God is up to in the world around us. That's at the very center of the type of people that we're going to be in the far beyond. So what the New Testament tells us is live today as if we're already arriving at that day in the future, which includes giving up our space for all other people. We're going to have many opportunities to do that today. We're going to need grace to do that today. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice in the age to come. We think of that you're building a city, a new Jerusalem. You're going to be in the middle of it, and you're going to welcome all the people of God to it. We think that you found it fit in your story to include us, to awaken us, to stoke our imaginations. To give a book like the book of Revelation, which stokes our imagination and wonder about how all it's going to fit and what is, what could it be like in a place like that. We thank you for the great truth and reality that people from every tribe, tongue, and language will be in the new age to come. And we, uh, what inspires us about that vision is that we get to be included in all other families and people groups, that we get to be among them. God, we confess to you that we would rather have it our way, that there's something within us that fights for our way, that prefers what we have come to know as common. And we oftentimes have blinders. We don't consider the needs of others. But We take you that the New Testament and the life of God and the grace of Jesus teaches us to live differently. So God, we pray that as we go throughout today, that you would allow us to call to mind those one another passages in the scripture text That implore us to live a higher way, a better way, to include, to give our own space, uh, to be very direct and uh, assertive in the fact of including other people, of gathering new perspectives, of seeking to provide more space for more people so that we can begin to imagine today what life is going to be like in the far beyond. We need your help for this, your strength, your grace for it. So God, we pray today that you would fill us with your life again so that we can see this type of world in our current day. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.